Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to Worship at Hillhead. And as always, an extra special welcome to our family and friends joining us from around the country and across the world. Special welcome this morning to Barbara's friend, Sheila, who's joining us for the first time. Uh, we hope you enjoy your time with us. And if you'd like to stay at the end and join a breakout group, just introduce yourself to the, the folk who are there and have some conversation. As well as our minister, Katrina, today we'll hear the voices of Paul and Mary and Ian, Sylvia, Leo and Holly. We'll hear Paul on keyboard as well as Leo and Yang Yang on violin as we sing along with ourselves. In a minute, Benjamin and Bardia and their family will be lighting our candle. And when we get to that point, we're all invited to light a candle of our own if we would like to do that. Just a wee reminder for the specification group that we have a meeting immediately after the service this morning. So when you come out of the breakout room back into the main Zoom meeting, just stay there and we'll start our meeting as soon as everyone else has left the meeting. And another wee reminder at this time to our young people and their parents that at 2pm this afternoon, we have Zoom Sunday School. So um, look out for that link. I, th I think I sent it yesterday morning uh, to parents and grandparents. If you can't find it, just email me again and I'll send it again. Then at 7pm this evening, we meet again on Zoom for evening worship when Robin Green will lead our service for the week of prayer for Christian unity. And then just a couple of bits of family news. Rachel, I should have said last Sunday how lovely it was to see you back from the USA. Um, I hope that you're settling back in and that all is going well with your studies. And then I thought you might really appreciate a wee update on Setayesh, that's Esan's cousin's daughter, who was so badly burned in the fire in Iran. Uh, the news is good. She is using a wheelchair uh, since she's had surgery on her leg. Um, she is being cared for by a psychologist who's thinking carefully about how and when to break news to her. So she's aware that her dad has died, but not yet about other family members. And so she's receiving good psychological support. And the family have thought through who Setayash will live with. And they've decided that she's going to be living with her paternal grandmother and grandfather. And so the family are really getting their act together about planning a future of this young woman who will have some difficult days ahead of her, um, having just turned 12. So please continue to pray for her for her family, especially her grandparents who could never have expected to have this responsibility, uh, but who will want to do their very best for her. And also for Esan and Anis, um, so far away from family. Next Sunday at 11 a.m., Katrina will lead morning worship, and at 7 p.m., the Reverend Liz Blythe will lead evening worship. But now, uh, Benjamin and Bardia, it's over to you to light our candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light, the light our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this way, this day.
So let's come to God in prayer. We pray together. Gentle God, whose loving kindnesses are from everlasting to everlasting, whose compassion and care are refreshed with each new day, we, your children, come together in response to your love, assured that in your gracious mercy, all will be welcomed into the safe embrace of your everlasting arms. Generous God, who provides all that we need, not simply to survive, but to flourish and thrive, we offer our thanks and praise for the gift of this day, for the gift of each other, and for the promise of your presence around us. Gracious God, who promises to forgive our transgressions, whether deliberate or unintended, who longs to wipe every tear from our eyes and restore us to wholeness, in the safety of your promises and in the silence of our hearts, we bring our confessions to you. Gentle, generous, gracious God, who loves us with an everlasting love, accept our praises, restore our hope and hear our prayers. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 to 29. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for these compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It's good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. Let him sit alone in silence, for the Lord has to lay it on him. Let him bury his face in the dust. There may yet be hope. I'm also reading Psalm 42. For the director of music. As the deer pants for a stream of water, so my soul pants for you. O God, my soul thirsts for God for the living God. When can I go, I go and meet with God. My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, where is, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with the multitude leading the processions to be house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throne. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed with me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Uh, the next reading is from John 11. There was a man named Lazarus who was sick. He lived in the town of Bethany, where Mary and her sister Martha lived. Mary is the same woman who put perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Mary's brother was Lazarus, the man who was sick. So Mary and Martha sent someone to tell Jesus, Lord, your dear friend Lazarus is sick. When Jesus heard this, he said, the end of this sickness will not be death. No, this sickness is for the glory of God. This has happened to bring glory to the Son of God. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days and then said to his followers, we should go back to Judea. They answered, but teacher, those Jews there tried to stone you to death. That was only a short time ago. Now you want to go back there? Jesus answered, There are twelve hours of light in the day. Whoever walks in the day will not stumble and fall because they can see with the light of, from the sun. But whoever walks at night will stumble because there is no light. Then Jesus said, Our friend Lazarus is now sleeping but I am going there to wake him. The followers answered, But Lord, if you can sleep, you will get well. 
They thought Jesus meant that Lazarus was literally sleeping, but he really meant that Lazarus was dead. So then Jesus said painfully, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad I was not there. I am happy for you because now you believe in me. We will go to him now. Then Thomas, the one called Twin, said to the other followers, We will go too. We will die there with Jesus. Jesus arrived in Bethany and found that Lazarus had already been dead and in the tomb for four days. Bethany was about two miles from Jerusalem. Many Jews had come to see Martha and Mary. They came to comfort them about their brother Lazarus. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to greet him, but Mary stayed home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you anything you ask. Jesus said, Your brother will rise and be alive again. Martha answered, I know that he will rise to live again at the time of the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. I am the life. I am life. Everyone who believes in me will have life, even if they die. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never really die. Martha, do you believe in this? Martha answered, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You are the one who was coming to the world. reflection today is a little bit experimental. It wouldn't be perhaps quite so experimental where we meeting in the flesh, but it's the first time I've tried anything like this on Zoom. And I have a cat who sat on my notes, so I have to rely totally on my memory. So there we go. That won't do me any harm whatsoever. I wonder if you could have a Zoom coffee with anybody in the Bible who you might choose. And I wonder if you could do that, what conversation might look like? What questions might you ask them? One of the people that I would really like to have a Zoom coffee with is Martha of Bethany. 
So I called her up and I said, Martha, will you come and talk to us at church? And she said, I'm really not sure, Katrina. I mean, who's going to be interested in my story? But I could be quite persistent when it suits me. So I did persuade her to come along and I said, Martha, there's a couple of things I'd really like you to talk to us about today. I'd like you to talk to us a little bit about your relationship with Jesus, especially the bits we hear about in the scriptures. I know there's a lot we never hear about, but stuff we hear in the scriptures, I'd like to hear from you about that. And I'd also like to hear what it was that enabled you to keep hanging on in there in the difficult times. So let's welcome Martha. Hello, everybody. Well, yep, this is me, Martha, and I'm really not used to talking to groups of people. I'm much happier in the kitchen, to be quite honest. And when Katrina asked me, I, I really wasn't sure about coming, but well, she can be a bit bossy sometimes, and so I gave him. So, as you know, I have a sister called Mary, and I have a brother called Lazarus. And I'm quite unusual in my country because I'm the head of the household and that's something that women never get to be where I live but as it happens I am and so we are a little bit of an odd family three grown-up single siblings living together a couple of miles outside Jerusalem and lots of people come to our house I, I love nothing better than to have friends round and give them a good meal and have great interesting conversations and we talk about all sorts we talk about the romans we talk about the synagogue you name it we talk about it put the world to rights if only for five minutes and among our friends is jesus and well with jesus comes 12 other blokes doesn't it and, and a selection of hangers on and you know we really love jesus I have a suspicion my little sister Mary's a little bit in love with him, but he's not interested. That's not for him. And Lazarus sometimes says Jesus is like his brother. I guess maybe he's always wanted a brother. So they come round a lot. But, you know, sometimes the people you love most hurt you the most, too. And there are a couple of times when Jesus really hurt me. And some of those found their way into the, into the Gospels. And those of you who've read the Gospel written by Dr. Luke will know about the time when Jesus and his friends came round. And I was just sort of sorting things out. Uh, you all think I was in the kitchen, don't you? Because that's what your Sunday school teacher told you. Well, maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. But I could have done with a hand from Mary. But no, no, she's off, sitting doe-eyed looking at Jesus and I got a bit hacked off frankly so I went and said Jesus look you know could you get Mary to come and help me and I thought he would but he didn't and I was so disappointed he just said Mary's made a better choice than you Martha I felt so useless so worthless but I didn't give up on him I mean he he's my friend and and, and we love having him and his 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 friends around And then Lazarus got really ill and Jesus was up north somewhere doing what he does, telling stories, healing people, 
turning water into wine, feeding thousands of people out of a few loaves of bread. And when Lazarus got really sick, I sent a message thinking, well, surely he'll come. Surely, if he loves Lazarus, he'll come. And he didn't. And he didn't. And the days passed and Lazarus got more and more sick. And he died. And we had to bury him. Mary and I prepared him, washed him, anointed him, wrapped him, watched as he was carried away from us and put in a tomb and the tomb sealed up. And then Jesus turned up. I heard he was coming, so I went out to see him. And well, I was a mix of emotions. I was angry. I was broken. I was bewildered. And yet I wanted to see him. And so I went up to him. And I said, well, I don't know what tone you think it was, but it was something like this. You know, Jesus, if you'd come, if you'd just come, Lazarus might not have died. And he said something like this, like, well, Martha, you know, do you think he will live again? He will live again. And I, and I thought, oh, here we go. And I said, yeah, I know, Jesus. I know that he will rise again at the end of time when everyone is resurrected. I know that. But I want him now. And then Jesus said, that stuff that you all know. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Whoever believes in me, even if they die, still lives. And he said to me, Martha, do you believe that? And I can't explain what happened inside me. But I did. And I found myself saying, you're the Messiah, aren't you? You're the one that God has anointed. You're the one that was promised. Now, you might think, well, it's all right for you, Martha. Your story had a happy ending. You got your brother back. Well, yeah, but they went on being tough times. It wasn't that much later that our friend Jesus got himself arrested and, and, and killed. It wasn't that much later that the persecution started and people were thrown out of the synagogues and, and questions were asked. And, and can you imagine living with the man that was raised from the dead, Lazarus? The people that came to have a nose. Sometimes it was really hard to keep on holding on to my faith. So what was it that gave me the strength? What was it that gave me continued hope when all of that was going on? I don't know about you in your time, but I love the Psalms. I love especially the ones we sing together. And among them is one, well, you know it as Psalm 42 and Psalm 43. I know it as a single hymn. Go and look at it in your Bibles and you'll find it's a single hymn. And it's sung a bit like that one you sang earlier. You get Somebody sings the verse and then everybody joins in the chorus. 
So we've got three voices saying, I'm having a difficult time. I'm aching. I'm sorrowful. Life is hard. And then together we sing the hope. We sing, yet I will hope in God. I will cling on to my hope. Perhaps you have hymns and songs, whether they're sacred or secular, that hold that hope for you that you sing to remind yourself about God. Which kind of leads me on to my other thought, which was about the scriptures. Now, Martha here is not the greatest at reading her. Well, in my day, you can't even read. I have to remember the scriptures. But some of them are very precious. Some of them do stick. And that bit that you heard from the book called Lamentations, is one I hold on to even when it's really tough. It's one that in your day is often used at funerals to hold on to hope in those darkest, most painful of times. God's loving kindnesses never fail. Each day they are new and fresh. Therefore, I will put my hope in God. So, yeah, life in first century Bethany, not a bed of roses. And you will continue to think of me as the one that was stuck in the kitchen, and that's fine. In fact, goodness me, time is flying. I need to get back to my kitchen. The dishes won't wash themselves. The bread won't bake itself. Unfortunately, in first century Bethany, we're not locked down and I've got people coming for dinner. But thank you for allowing me to visit your world and to share with you what gives me strength for today and hope for tomorrow. We're going to sing or listen to a hymn. Um, it's a hymn from our hymn book, but it's one, I think it's in our hymn book, but it's one that we don't, no, and we don't have a recording of. However, it is sung to the London Derriere. So we have a recording of that. If you would like to sing along with the words, that's great. If you prefer to read the words while the music's playing, that's great. If you just want to sit silently and reflect, that's great too.
Um, you have to excuse me. My, my cat is slightly out of shot. She's here, but she's suddenly become very vocal um, in the last 30 seconds. So she may want to join in with the intercessions. This week is the week of prayer for Christian unity. And part of our intercessions this morning are taken from the resources that have been provided for this week. Because the wheels of the church and the wheels of ecumenism turn rather slowly, these materials were actually prepared before the pandemic, if you can cast your mind back to such a time, um, by the sisters of the community of Grandchamp in Switzerland. And our and focus on the theme of, of abiding in the love of God. Um, before we start, um, Bob Fife, the General Secretary of Churches Together in Britain and Ireland, invites us to think about what it means to be part of the one body of Christ when all we see of our sisters and brothers are on the screens of a laptop. Now, when I read this, I wasn't exactly sure what was being got at. And I thought that the phrasing of that question seemed a little bit negative because that has not been my experience over these last 10 months. So I invite you to start by looking at the faces of our extended family on your screens, be they computers, phones, tablets. And start our prayers this morning by giving thanks to God for this group of people who are so determined to stick together, that here we are 10 months later, still celebrating and mourning with each other, and in many ways closer together, and more careful and mindful of how we love each other even when we are apart. So if you can spend a wee bit of time just looking forward, back and forward if you've got more than one screen, just looking at each other's faces, faces that some of you may never have met in real life, um, and faces that we used to see every week and think about how our church is united at this time. Let us pray. God of love, through Christ you said to us, you did not choose me, I chose you. You seek us out. You invite us to receive your friendship and to rest in it. Teach us to respond more deeply to this invitation and to grow in a life that is ever more complete. For the joy of our heart is in God. God of life, you call to us to be praise in the midst of a world that does not always see you and to welcome one another as a gift of your grace. May your loving gaze, which rests upon each person, open us to receive each other just as we are. For the joy of our heart is in God. God who gathers, you knit us together as one vine in your son, Jesus. 
May your loving spirit abide in us at local church and community meetings and at larger meetings and ecumenical gatherings. Grant that together we celebrate you with joy. For the joy of our hearts are in God. God of the one vineyard, you call us to abide in your love in all we do and all we say. Touched by your goodness. Help us to be a reflection of that love in our homes and our workplaces. May we always bridge rivalries and overcome tensions. Jesus calls us to rest in him as branches of the true vine. He calls us to bear the fruit of God's healing and reconciling love. He calls us to draw closer to God and to one another as we offer love to this world. We pray for our family at Hillhead Baptist Church, working so hard to show our love to each other, even while we are physically apart. We continue to remember Setayesh, Esan and Anis, all of the family and the professionals that are caring for her. We ask for comfort in the face of unspeakable sadness and that your love would enfold them all. In our prayer calendar this week, we pray for the young people of our Sunday school and our Bible class and for their leaders as they continue to find new ways to meet together. We pray for the Sunday school meeting today on Zoom. We also remember before you Clifford, Ed P, our Minister Katrina, Jean and Walter, Paul, Rico, Ailey and Leo. Rachel F, Katrina and Ben, and Rachel H. We know some of what's happening in their lives, but you know all that is happening in their lives. And God, we pray that you would continue to enfold them in your love. We pray for our family in the Baptist Union of Scotland. From the BUS prayer diary this week, we pray for Nick Blair, the chaplain of Murchison Castle School. And also for Air Baptist Church, who are working to shape and implement a new vision for their future. And Bearsden Baptist Church, who like so many of our churches in the union, give thanks for the work of so many of their folk during lockdown, acquiring new skills and serving God in new ways. This week, BMS invites us to pray specifically for some of their greatest recruitment needs that have been made all the more difficult by the pandemic. Specifically recruitment of a surgeon for their hospital in Chad and for English teachers and leaders for some of their larger projects. 
We also pray for all involved in the recruitment process for mission workers. Bless them with wisdom and discernment. We close with these words that are recited daily by the sisters of the Grand Champ community. Pray and work that God may reign throughout your day. Let the word of God breathe life into work and rest. Maintain inner silence in all things so as to dwell in Christ. Be filled with the spirit of the Beatitudes, joy, simplicity and mercy. Amen.
So may the faithful God, whose loving kindnesses are unending, strengthen us and uphold us in all we do, in all we are, and in all we hope for, today and always. Amen.